Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is taken from John chapter 20 with an emphasis on these words. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. In 2016, a barista at Starbucks went viral online for a simple act of kindness. 24-year-old Crystal Payne of Leesburg, Virginia, noticed a young man who was coming in daily using his phone to communicate his order to the cashiers. The reason for this, as you might have already guessed, is that this young man was deaf. And while there was nothing wrong with this system in and of itself, Crystal was struck with the impulse to do something to make her part of this man's daily routine that much more personable. After her shift, Crystal went home and opened her laptop and decided to learn some phrases in American Sign Language, which would allow her to better communicate with deaf or hearing impaired people while at work. It wasn't long before the young man came back while Crystal was cashier and he, she used her newfound knowledge to take his order. On his receipt, Crystal left the following note. I wanted to learn ASL so that you could have the same experience as everyone else. Reading this, the young man was touched by the gesture and took a picture of that note, which he then posted on social media. As mentioned, his post went viral, and soon local news stations were lining up outside of the Starbucks where she worked to interview Crystal, who on her part was quite surprised that something as ordinary as treating someone with dignity could be so newsworthy. Friends, if you've ever dealt with customer service, then you know what a difference a personal touch can make. Many of you can attest that there's a tremendous difference between speaking with someone halfway across the world about an issue with your new computer versus taking it into a shop, speaking with someone face-to-face -face who can open the device with you identify the problem, and tell you how they will fix it and at what price. Being social creatures, we all crave human interaction. We all need that personal touch, not just in business, but in our daily lives as well. And this, of course, includes our life of faith. You can likely remember at the outbreak of COVID-19, having the church services pre-recorded to watch from home on your computers or mobile devices. Now, hopefully this was helpful at first, but as the pandemic wore on, no doubt you realized that watching a sermon online through a screen is not the same as being together with your brothers and sisters in Christ, participating together in worship. Though Christ is indeed with us wherever we are, his real presence in the church can be difficult to communicate when we're not, well, present. Enter the disciples, most of them anyway on the first evening of the resurrection. The gospel accounts all paint a vivid picture of what happened that first Easter Sunday. Matthew gives us the most straightforward account, recalling the women arriving at the tomb, hearing Christ had risen, and encountering him on the road back into the city. St. John tells us how he and Peter heard Mary's report and ran to the empty tomb, finding only Jesus' burial cloths. From St. Luke, we get the Emmaus Road narrative, 
where Jesus reveals himself to two of his followers who had fled Jerusalem after his death on the cross. And St. Mark, in the extended reading of the 16th chapter of his gospel, adds a rather curious detail, that when these two men turned back from the road to report what they had seen to the disciples, well, they did not believe them, despite all that they had seen and heard. They needed something more than a second-hand account. They needed something more than being able to say for certain where Jesus was not. His disciples needed to hear his voice, to see his wounds, to recline with him again at table. They needed a personal touch to believe, to understand the fullness of what he had done for them. And so, in John chapter 20, that is precisely what Jesus gives them. Here again, that on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now note carefully the order that things happened. First, the disciples were afraid. Then they saw, and at last they were glad. For the joy of Easter is hinged on the bodily resurrection of the Christ. Without his appearing, the disciples would still be in doubt and be afraid. The same is also true for us. In our small catechisms, we Lutherans are taught that concerning the waters of baptism, without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism, that is, a life-giving water, rich in grace, and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. And likewise with the Lord's Supper, if the word of Christ be absent over the bread and the wine, then they remain only bread and wine. These things, apart from the presence of Jesus, have no power to save. The word of Christ, then, is efficacious, meaning that what it says takes place simply by virtue of him who says it. Jesus says, This bread is my body, therefore it is his body. Jesus says, This cup is my blood, therefore it is his blood. In like manner, when the Christ bid the sea be still, it was still. When the Christ commanded the paralytic to get up and walk, he got up and walked. When the Christ called Lazarus out of his tomb, he rose to life and came out of his tomb. Therefore we, like the disciples, can be assured and truly believe that when Jesus says our sins are forgiven, they are forgiven indeed, not by virtue of our penance or supplication, not because our pastors are such nice guys, but because it is the person and work of Christ which accomplishes this forgiveness. Therefore, when he spoke to his disciples, Peace be with you. It consequently followed that the disciples were glad indeed. They knew his peace, which passes all understanding. The presence of Christ, his voice, his touch, his body and blood, these all work peace and joy in the hearts of his faithful. To emphasize this point, St. John includes the story of the Apostle Thomas who we unfairly have given the nickname Doubting Thomas. I say unfairly because Thomas was not alone in his doubt, nor did he remain in it. 
But when Thomas heard the testimony of the other ten, and was not convinced of their words, they did not mock him, or belittle him, or exclude him, but instead they did what we as Christians are all called to do with our brothers and sisters. They brought him to Jesus. Here again the text which says, Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and put out your hand, and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas, you see, needed what the other disciples already had. He needed a personal touch, the real presence of Christ crucified and risen for him to put his troubled heart at peace. As Jesus appears, he shows Thomas his real, living flesh and invites him to see and feel for himself, but he also gives him this command. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And because it is the Christ himself who speaks these words, they result in Thomas opening his mouth to give the very first creedal statement in all the Christian church, saying simply, My Lord and my God. For Christ is, in fact, Lord and God. At his word, the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised, and sorrow and fear are turned to gladness, as doubt gives way to faith. St. John writes at the end of this chapter, These things are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. For it is that word of God, which is Christ Jesus, that gives you newness of life. And it is for this reason that the church is not built on any word or institution of man, but wholly on Christ crucified, who is our Lord and our God. He remains present in this place with his gifts, which work in us forgiveness, life, and salvation. These things are all the result of his efficacious word. Yet, still, many come to church weekly seeking things which Christ does not promise. Wealth, prosperity, good health, God may grant these things, or he may not. These are not the promises of Christ. Wise teachers, beautiful music, friends, family, and fellowship, these are all wonderful things which should be found in the church. But they too are not the promises of Christ, and therefore should not be confused or conflated as such. Indeed, those who come into Christ's church seeking anything but Christ will sooner or later leave disappointed. For in this place, Christ promises you nothing short of himself. His real presence in, with, and under, the bread and the wine, the water and the word. For yours is not a God disinclined to condescend to these humble means in order to communicate to you his heavenly treasures. It is this personal touch which separates him from the multitude of false gods in our world. Let his word of promise attest that those things which are given you in this place are good to work life in you by the presence of him who is Lord and God indeed, even Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, 
Guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.